Hello, and welcome back to my podcast, Love God and Your Neighbor. I'm Laura Hutchinson, pastor of First Christian Church Disciples of Christ in Anniston, Alabama. Yesterday, First Christian met for the first time in six months. It's hard to believe it's been that long, honestly. And we're still not back to, well, normal by any stretch of the imagination, but we are back. We are now having drive-in church, and yesterday was amazing. I can honestly say that when I woke up in the morning, I had a feeling that the devil did not want us to do this, which just means it was right. There were several members of our church family who had unexpected things happen, all having to do with their health and well-being. And those things kept them from being able to attend. But I turned it over to God and knew that God would make everything right. And he did. And even though the second I started talking into that microphone to all of those cars parked before me, I got so faint that I started seeing spots. I still, I said a prayer, God cast out all evil and bless us today. I had to lead most of the service sitting down, which I don't think I've ever had to do even when I had pneumonia last year. And the spirit of God was there with us. It was amazing. I cannot wait for next Sunday. And now you are here worshiping from a distance and you are as much a part of First Christian Church in my ministry as anyone who was able to be present yesterday evening. May God bless you and keep you and may the Holy Spirit descend upon you as you listen today. Since this is no longer serving as the primary place of worship for the First Christian congregation, I am going to suspend the communion portion of this podcast unless I hear from you all and learn that you would prefer me to put it back in. Instead, I will include a pastoral prayer and we will continue on from there. I would, however, like to encourage you to make a donation to the ministry of First Christian Church if you feel so inspired. Since you are a part of our worshiping community, we depend on the tithes and offerings of this congregation to continue our part of the ministry of the body of Christ. If you would like to make a donation, you can do so on our website at www.fccanniston.org. Scroll down to the bottom of the page and click the Donate Now button. You can donate using PayPal only, even though it says that you can use a credit or debit card. You can also mail us a check to 1327 Layton Avenue, Anniston, Alabama, 36207. And now, God calls us to worship with hearts filled with love. So let us worship joyfully and happily in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Let's sing together now our hymns of praise, which you can find in your Friday Reminders email. Let us sing together, joyful, joyful, we adore thee. And then let's sing blessed assurance. Drive our fear and cloud away. 
Gracious and loving God, who made us each unique and special, we thank you for gathering us together once again. It has been a long and challenging six months, and we know that the challenges are not yet over. God, we come to you today as people grieving so many different kinds of losses. Some of us have lost loved ones, either to COVID-19 or to other illnesses or injuries. Some of us have lost jobs. Some of us have lost our way of life, and yet we know that you are with us. We don't know why times have to get this hard, but you have assured us in so many ways that no matter how hard life gets, you will walk with us every step of the way. We are so grateful. Your love, your wisdom, and your strength have seen us through, and they will continue to see us through for time to come. Lord, we ask you to be with the scientists around the world who are working tirelessly to find a vaccine for the virus. Guide them to the answer they seek and then help make the vaccine available to all people around the world, regardless of economy or race or country. We ask you to be with the frontline workers who are exposed to the virus on a regular basis workers like our friends Rhonda Medley, Vicki Miles, and Becca Nichols. Protect them and all of their co-workers. Protect their bodies, their spirits, their minds, and their families as they continue to face this disease with so much bravery and determination. We ask you, Lord, to be with our nation as we move closer to election days. Be with Aniston in October as we elect our mayor and council members. May we choose who you would choose to lead us. 
be with our states and our country in November as we choose senators, representatives, and our president and VP. Again, may we choose who you would choose to lead us. Bring us peace in this world. Fill each mind and heart with kindness, respect, and love for our fellow human being. Help us to be more understanding and compassionate and strip our world of feelings of contempt. Contempt is an evil emotion, so we ask you to save us all from it. And above all, we pray for your kingdom to come once and for all. Hear us now as we say the prayer your son taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Today's scripture comes from 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 14 through 27. Indeed, the body does not consist of one member, but of many. If the foot were to say, because I am not a hand, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less a part of the body. And if the ear were to say, because I am not an eye, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less a part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the hearing be? If the whole body were hearing, where would the sense of smell be? But as it is, God arranged the members in the body, each one of them, as he chose. If all were a single member, where would the body be? As it is, there are many members, yet one body. The eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you, nor again the head to the feet, I have no need of you. On the contrary, the members of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable, and those members of the body that we think less honorable, we clothe with greater honor, and our less respectable members are treated with greater respect, whereas our more respectable members do not need this. But God has so arranged the body, giving the greater honor to the inferior member, that there may be no dissension within the body, but the members may have the same care for one another. If one member suffers, all suffer together with it. If one member is honored, all rejoice together with it. Now you are the body of Christ and individually members of it. So when I say the word of God for the people of God, 
you respond with, thanks be to God. Okay, here we go. The word of God for the people of God. Amen. Please pray with me. Loving God, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be pleasing in your sight, my strength and my redeemer. Amen. Now, I'm going to guess that since the dawn of humanity, there has been a social pecking order. When Cro-Magnon people were still living in caves, there were those who were more important and those who lived on the fringes of the group, ostracized for one reason or another. We know that that was the case in biblical times. Just look at the situation in Sodom and Gomorrah, when people were so awful to outsiders that God chose to destroy the whole city rather than let that depravity go on. And of course, Jesus was always talking about the last being first and the first being last, right? And for sure, during the times of feudal lords, kings, queens, and aristocracy, and into the times of slavery in the Americas, societies have always organized themselves in a top-to-bottom order of importance. We're like that now, right? People are treated as important and not important, needed and not needed, cared about and completely ignored. This happens on a small scale, like in families or in friends groups, and it happens on a large scale, which you can see in the way different societies prioritize and marginalize certain groups of people. Rich versus poor, gender versus gender, tribe versus tribe, religion versus religion, one race versus another race, and so on. But if you want to get a really good example of a modern social hierarchy, just look at your average American high school, right? I remember those days. Man, if you were one of the lucky ones who walked the halls in relative glory, basking in the admiration of friends and non-friends alike, then high school probably holds great memories for you. But if you were like me and many others, that was a time when you would rather forget. In my case, I was never bullied. Thankfully, that didn't happen much in my high school. Now, for me, the real trauma came from the fact that I felt almost invisible among my classmates. Even my teachers couldn't seem to remember my name. There were those kids who were friendly to me, of course, and even I even had a handful of people that I considered my friends. But as far as the day-in, day-out workings of student life went... I didn't feel like I existed. It was especially evident to me when the yearbook and the video yearbook came out each spring. There were no pictures of me, except, of course, for my obligatory school picture. And there were no shots of me in the entire 45-minute long video yearbook. And it wasn't because I didn't get involved. I was in clubs and in orchestra, and I was at the pep rallies and football games. But somehow, when it came time to either take pictures or choose pictures for the yearbook, I wasn't in any of them, which felt like a metaphor for how I was in my school. Now, I don't tell you this story to make you feel sorry for me. There were plenty of awesome things going on in other areas of my life at that time. No, I tell this story because I know for a fact that it is far from unique. I tell it because I bet there are people listening who feel that way right now. I tell it to illustrate the difference between the world and the kingdom of God. Because in the world, there are important people and unimportant people. But in the body of Christ, 
in God's kingdom, everyone is important. Unfortunately, though, while churches are supposed to be sanctuaries set apart from worldly social structures, we can't seem to help but bring our bad habits with us, can we? We are sinners, even in the church, and sometimes we stumble in our attempt to live out the gospel in these sacred communities. And that is one reason why Paul wrote these words to the Corinthian church all those years ago. He knew that that congregation needed a reminder of what it meant to be a creation of God and what a significant role every person plays in Christ's body on earth. Now, you've already heard the scripture read from the NRSV translation. That's the New Revised Standard Version. Well, I'd like to read it again in the HSV translation. If you're not familiar with that one, it's the high school version of the Bible. And it goes like this. Indeed, the student body does not consist of one member, but of many. If the foot were to say, because I am not a hand, I am not cool enough to belong to the body, that would not make it any less a part of the body. And if the ear were to say, because I am not as pretty or as good looking as the eyes, I do not belong to the body. That would not make it any less a part of the body. If the whole body were a cheerleader chanting encouragement to the world, where would the quiet listeners be? If the whole body were listening, where would the band members be? There would be nothing to listen to if everyone were listening and no one was playing. But as it is, God arranged the members in the body, each one of them as he chose. If all were student body president, who would they lead? As it is, there are many members, yet one body. The quarterback cannot say to the towel boy, I have no need of you, nor again the valedictorian to the AV club, I have no need of you. On the contrary, the members of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable, and those members of the body that we think less honorable, we clothe with greater honor, and our less respectable members are treated with greater respect, whereas our more respectable members do not need this. But God has so arranged the body, giving the greater honor to the inferior member, that there may be no dissension within the body, but the members may have the same care for one another. If one member suffers, all suffer together with it. If one member is honored, all rejoice together with it. Now you are the body of Christ and individually members of it. Well, thankfully, this is not high school, right? Thankfully, this is the church. This is the place where all those social structures get to be laid aside if we choose to obey God's design. We are here in one place, finally, and the body is together again. God is reminding us that every single one of you are important to the kingdom of God in your own special way. In our absence these, la absence, these last six months, we may have forgotten how important everyone is to God's mission for the church. You might have come to believe that you're not important, that you weren't missed, or that you don't have something to contribute to this body. But the fact is, God created you special, unique, and important, just as you are. Are you poor or even without a home? You have something to contribute. Are you elderly or physically weak? Your offerings to this community may be your wisdom, your experience, your unique outlook on life, and your ideas. Are you very young? Well, children have much to offer the body of Christ because you have the energy, the enthusiasm, and a kind of creativity that is new and fresh. 
Do you have difficulty speaking in public? Then maybe you're more comfortable working behind the scenes. And there is so much there to do. Are you loud or outgoing? Well, just follow me and do what I do. Some of you have the benefit or of higher education and your knowledge and learning is needed in studying and teaching God's word or in helping with certain tasks that the body of Christ needs to accomplish. If you have less education, then God compensates you with other knowledge and abilities. I know that many of you are gifted with big hearts, with compassion and kindness and loving natures. I know that many of you are gifted with a passion for God that is unmatched by many others. Some of you are biblical scholars and experts, and some of you are extremely empathetic, sometimes painfully aware of other people's feelings. You are all gifted in some way that is designed to be able to help the body of Christ grow stronger and to have a more beautiful witness of Christ's love to the world. The thing is, sometimes the thing that keeps a person from sharing their gifts and special abilities for God's glory is the community they are in. Maybe the group doesn't acknowledge the individual, but just as often, maybe more often, the individuals don't acknowledge themselves, right? Indeed, the body does not consist of one member, but of many. If the foot were to say, but I am not a hand, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less a part of the body. And if the ear were to say, because I am not an eye, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less a part of the body. Paul is saying, do not discount your own value by comparing yourself to other people. Don't you dare do that. I used to compare myself negatively to people all the time, to my sister, to beautiful and outgoing girls in my church and youth group and my school, to certain girls in my sorority in college, and to extremely gifted and intelligent classmates in seminary. And I wasted so much time doubting my own value that I will never know what a difference I could have made in Jesus's name if only I'd been able to see myself as God saw me. Dr. Keith Anderson was a student of mine when I taught at Barton College. I absolutely loved him because he was so full of the spirit, so kind, so, so joyful. I also enjoyed having him in my classes and student groups because he was not only kind, but he was faithful and he was also really insightful. The other day he posted the following words on his Facebook page and I was so moved. He gave me permission to share them. He said, for years, especially in my twenties, I allowed people to determine how I felt about myself. There were plenty of moments that I had the hugest smile on my face while hurting inside. I've watched people who I helped betray me and act as if I was non-existent. I've watched members, natural and spiritual leaders. I've watched leaders, natural and spiritual, pick me up and then drop me. There were plenty of days that I didn't feel good enough. In a nutshell, people were running my life. Oh, but prayer brought about change. As I embarked on my 35th year, I made a decision to be free of it all. You may think and say what you want, but just know that I am free, healed, and delivered. Did I mention that I feel great? I am a new man in him, and for that, I give him praise. My mantra now is, I'm free to be me. 
what Keith has finally figured out, praise the Lord, and what Paul is reminding us of in our scripture today is that God made you special and different on purpose because God needs you as you are. God needs your abilities or even your lack of abilities to help the body of Christ function most efficiently. You are necessary. You are important. And so is everybody else. Don't spend another second discounting your value or anyone else's and instead ask God to show you what he wants you to do. And then simply show up. Church is back, you guys. It may look different than it did before, but that's not such a bad thing. When we meet in different ways and try different things, it gives us space to picture ourselves doing things differently as well. Which part of the body of Christ are you? What were you brought here to do? And God did bring you here for a reason. If you don't know yet, if you're still stuck with the self-image that the world has given you, ask God to help you see yourself as God sees you. Ask God who you really are. And once you can see that, Ask God where to go, what to say, what to read, what to learn, what to do, and what to offer next to help spread the story of Jesus to the world. There is no job too minor, no skill too insignificant, and no person too small for God. God has called you here at this time to hear this message. So really take time to ponder. What does God need from you? Who did God create you to be? Amen. As we reflect on God's word, let us sing together, called as partners in Christ's service.
for the benediction. As you go from this service, carry in your hearts the assurance that God has given you exactly what you need to do your part in the body of Christ. Spend your time this week reflecting on the gifts God has blessed you with and ask God to guide you in how to best use them to glorify the Son of the living God. Let us sing together our hymn of sending forth. One bread, one body. Go in peace. One bread, one body, one Lord of all. One cup of blessing which we bless. Oh,